Drifting on Memories podcast radio show. This is Raul. That's some background noise from Whittier Boulevard. And uh, we are, uh, um, you know, we're this uh, beautiful Sunday afternoon and you're going to get some lowrider background noise this time around. We're on Whittier Boulevard in the city of Montebello, literally on Whittier Boulevard, right in front of Angry Horse uh, Brewery and right in front of uh, Boulevard Market. Shout out to Boulevard Market. Shout out to Barney Santos uh, from Boulevard and the coffee um, you know, uh, uh, provided also by uh, uh, Santos uh, um, Coffee. So appreciate that. Uh, today, my guest, and I am really, um, you know, just really happy to, to have him here, really ha- happy to have him in town, really happy that good friend of mine, John Uoa. And uh, yeah, uh, Lowrider Worldwide, you guys know John, you guys know, been knowing John. John does a lot of really good work. Um, I'm uh, happy to have a, actually, I'm happy to just to put something together, um, um, you know, recorded, you know, because him and I talk very often and we have really good conversations and we go really in depth on the world of lowriding, the culture of lowriding, preserving lowriding, traditional lowriding. I mean, the man is just all around fucking breathes, lives, you know, everything lowriding. So car builder, um, uh, you know, we were kind of talking about this too, about what it, what it means to be like an insider of lowriding and not just kind of putting shit together to, uh, you know, to sell a product or, or anything like that. But I'm going to let uh, him kind of introduce himself. And um, I don't know if I mentioned he's a professor also uh, with the university um, and, uh, you know, different, you know, ethnic studies, cultural studies, the study of lowriding. Um, you know, has his doctorate. So again, really big for me to be here uh, with him and to be on, um, you know, on Whittier Boulevard, I think just makes it, you know, just that much more special. So John, how are you, man? I'm doing great, man. It's great to be here. Thank you, man. That's uh, quite an introduction there. I mean, that's... <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't do that too often. Wow. You know, um, no pressure. Um, I wouldn't necessarily call myself a car builder, um, but... I'm, yeah, but you're I'm, modest, though. I'm learning how to build cars. Yeah, but you're a modest yeah. guy, though. So I, I'm not surprised that you say that, <laughs> to be you, honest man. with uh, you. you know, yeah. It's just got to gotta find that humble bone. Mm-hmm. Because I think that when people start to buy their own hype, mm-hmm. um, that's when uh, that's when the, the fall is a lot harder. So, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, it's just great to be here. It's great to see you. It's a beautiful morning. And yeah. Uh, yeah, it's good. It, yeah, that, welcome that to right SoCal. Here, welcome to East yeah. L.A. Yeah, sure, welcome man. to Whittier Boulevard. We're, we're happy to have you. We're happy. I'm always, I'm always stoked with people like, uh, you know, your caliber to come through and, and see a lot of, like, a lot of what we talk about, you know what I mean? And yeah. I know that you're familiar with it. I know that you know your way around here. And I know you have more than enough people out here and enough connections out here. Um, and so, uh, yeah, but it, it, again, it means something to me that like people like you are out, you know, being a part of this. So it's good. And, and I welcome you. And thank you. I'm, I'm happy that we've got even a little bit of time together, you know, because we both have families and we both have, you know, agendas. And everything, Indeed. Right? right. So yes. I know I know what it's like. Um so another thing I wanted to tell the listeners is that we, you know, John and I have been talking about kind of collaborating these episodes and I say episodes because it's, it's, uh, John has his podcast. I have my podcast. Uh, we work together on a lot of different things and we bounce things off each other all the time. But it, this time we really wanted to do something that was kind of 
promoting both podcasts and also or it may be not even promoting but just being able to be on the on the on each other's show yeah right i mean you know just kind of a just a collaborative episode you know that this would work on on the drifting on memories podcast it would also work on low ride worldwide so you know just a, a conversation amongst brothers like we yeah. always do you yeah know? yeah so with with what you're doing <clears throat> I, when I first saw like uh, Lowrider Worldwide, mm-hmm. I kind of didn't get the impression that it was more like that it wasn't so much a podcasting thing. It was more like a like casual interviewing of some of the people that you've met, some of yeah. the people you know, some of the people that are like prominent lowrider people. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like I kind of got that impression. But then everything kind of started getting into like the podcast world. You know, I started noticing like, OK, like a lot of people and I was happy for you because I was like, good, because. There's people that you talk to and there's connections you have, uh, either whether it's like Northern California, whether it's Brazil, that I was like, yeah, fuck yeah, like he should be doing that stuff. Whether it's like Bobby Tribal, for me, I was like, yeah, he should be getting all these people because I'm not, there's some people I'm not getting to, there's people I haven't got to, or there's connections you have that I don't have yet, you know? Is that, is that what happened, though, with Lowrider Worldwide? So what happened was, was that, I mean, let me roll it back a little bit. You know, I've been documenting the globalization of lowriding officially since about 2004. And, you know, a lot of people, well, almost everybody, they want to fight over what I call the creation myth, mm-hmm. right, of the origins of lowriding and, and camp out in the history and... I, I let other people have that fight, quote unquote, because right. everybody wants to claim origins. What I'm interested in is where is it going? So mapping the global trajectories mm-hmm. of low riding. So what I, I say is the milk is spilled. Mm-hmm. I'm interested in where it's where running. It's the, yeah, yeah, you yeah, know, where is it running? Yeah, where is cool, it running? Cool. So what happened was, cool. was I had been talking about, and I had been talking about doing a podcast for many years. Yeah. And then with COVID, and the fact that everybody was locked down, I started doing those happy hours. Mm-hmm. And right, right, right. right? Yeah, I started yeah, doing yeah. the happy yeah. hours. I you, did one of those. Yeah, right? you were yeah, one yeah. of the early uh-huh. ones. Oh, okay. Yeah, and then um, and so I had all this content, and then I think I saw on your page that somebody like you had reposted somebody uh-huh. who was claiming to have a page, or they were on global lowriding with a podcast forthcoming. Okay. And I went, oh hell no. Oh. Okay. I'm not gonna no. Yeah, yeah. Uh uh-uh. uh. Nope. <laughs> So yeah. I literally set up the podcast that day out of spite, not out of spite, <laughs> not out of spite, out of, out of, I have all of this content yeah. in the can. Yeah. So let me get it out there for a, for a, an audience. You played something for me just a few minutes ago. That was Jesse Valadez Jr. Correct. And you said, bro, this is, I, I forget how long ago. 2018. Okay. So yeah. when you play that for me, yeah. to me, a fucking kind of ball went off and i'm like oh fucking john's been doing this like whether you knew it was like on the level of like oh i'm putting this out as podcast or on a level of like i'm documenting the fact the fact is like because i don't see mine so much as a podcast as more as like documentation of like these people's stories right so when you play that for me i'm like oh john's legit in the sense of like he didn't wake up and be like oh yeah i think i'm a podcaster or i think i'm the shit or anything like that you know what i mean like you're like i've I've appreciated what these people have done yeah. and I want to hear a little bit about who they are, what they did. So in, so in that excerpt that I played for you, the reason why I interviewed Jesse was not for a podcast right. or broadcast right. is that I've been working on this book 
for years. Okay. Um, and you know, I visit it and I back away from it. I visit it and I back away from it. I'll hack away at it and then back off of it. My teaching keeps me super busy, so I don't have a ton of time to write. And now that I'm in my doctoral program, all of my writing is about that. Okay. So I don't, so this, I've been like slowly working on this book okay. and it's about half done. Okay. Um, and so I interviewed Jesse specifically to get the story of how the Gypsy Rose made it to Japan for Classic Legends. Okay. That was the intent That's the of story that, that you're going after, yeah? Well, th- because, yeah, yeah. right, because I'm documenting the globalization of yeah, lowriding. Gotcha. And so, like, logistically, <clears throat> to, get the, to get the Gypsy Rose from here to Japan and back yeah. safely right. without incident. It was a fucking beautiful and, story and within itself. Within yeah. itself. And yeah. so that's what we talked about. And that, and so, so the that book was, is, is based on, like, the, the real, like, globalization of lowriding. Of like how how it is, where it is, you know, how did it get there? Wow. Okay. Yeah. And, what, and what what are we looking at? Like, when when can we see that? <laughs> I, can... I stopped making promises yeah, because okay. I used to say it's coming out next year, yeah. next year, next year, uh-huh. next year, next year, yeah. next year. Yeah. Love it, man. The, yeah, the yeah. soundscapes of the barrio, man. I love it. I love it. I love it. Yeah. Um. So. You know, I stop promising. It's okay. it's done when it's finished. It's kind of like when's your car done? Yeah, right, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> don't just, even ask me. Yeah. Right? It's just it's yeah. So so how about a little background on you, bro? Yeah. Okay. What do you Mexican German. Yeah. Yeah. My my father my father was Mexican American. Okay. My grandparents my grandparents crossed the border on foot from Chihuahua um, in the twenties okay. with my oldest tia Lupe and. Um, my, they got on a train and headed up north because they were trying to get to Richmond, California, which okay. is in the east San Francisco Bay Area. My grandfather saw R and got off, and they got off in Riverbank, oh. which is a, a small town outside of Modesto. So it's literally, if you threw a dart in the center of California, you would hit that region. That and my grandfather got off, and he found somebody who spoke Spanish, and said dad richmond and the guy said no this is riverbank and my grandfather looked around and said well this looks good is there is there work here Uh and the guy said oh yeah if you want to work there's plenty of work here because it's farms yeah orchards a big agricultural area and so my grandfather said well we're staying yeah so their first house their first house was a converted rail car Whoa. Yeah. yeah. So that's like the, yeah. you know, yeah. the, the origins that's of the, the mobile very home beginnings part, of beginnings. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And so they stayed. And then my dad was born in 33. He was the middle child of eight kids. And, um, you know, the rest is history. Yeah. You know, he met my mom in the 60s. My mom, my mom and her family came from Germany post-World War II. Yeah. They got sponsored by an uncle to come over who wanted my grandfather and his brother to become farmhands for him. He had like a, he had a bunch of farms in North Dakota. Okay. And so they came out and then my mom came to California after she graduated cause she had to get the hell out of yeah. North Dakota right. and came to the Bay area and then ended up in Modesto and she met my father in the sixties and you know, the rest is the family history, you nice. know, All right. like people say, you know, it's funny cause people go, your dad's Mexican and your mom's German. How'd that happen? Right. I'm like, they met in a bar. You know, the, <laughs> yeah. How does every, how does any of this happen? Yeah. How do yeah. any relationships happen? Yeah. Right. So, All right. Good. Anyway, yeah. All right. So, 
uh, I know I mentioned like we want to do it kind of like back and forth collaborative yeah. or anything like sure. that so and I know we don't have like a full-on fucking agenda yeah. on it we just it's cool you know going back and forth yeah um, um, so I, I don't want to like impose so much on on your time either it's all though. good okay all right good we're all just right. talking like we always do that's right. the way I see it all right it's cool. all good all right it's all, all right good. awesome well again I'm, I'm I'm really happy to have you on we, it's been a long time coming and I'm glad that we're able to do it it's a little bit noisy out here but you know we're saying f it you know hey, <laughs> let's just do it let's yeah do it all right cool you got into building or you actually got into low riding early you see you saw that community kind of coming up right in what in your upbringing yeah at least that's my my impression yeah i mean i was born in 73 yeah so in my formidable years i caught that golden era yeah you know of low riding yeah and you know when when low riders were on the street mm-hmm. low riders were part of the landscape and um it it wasn't necessarily labeled it was just how people lived yeah you know i mean yeah that's a low rider but people were like you know that's my car right it was the daily yeah yeah, it's also my daily it was the daily yeah yeah and 70s were like that 70s were all about these low riders are 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 first are dailies and then (laughs) then they're low riders yeah so my old my older brother's 11 years older than me my sister's nine years older than me so they had friends Mm -hmm. you know my brother's friends would come over my brother my brother was a cholo Mm -hmm. And so he was friends with lowriders who would come. So lowriders would come over to the house because we lived on the east side of Modesto. And then my grandparents lived on the south side of Modesto. So I would spend a lot of time with my grandparents in south Modesto. Mm -hmm. And that's where that was the barrio Mm -hmm. or one of them anyway. And so that's where I saw a lot of lowriding happening from, you know, the kids in the neighborhood with their bikes. And I was that was my my summer camp. So I was. You know, I would get dropped off in the morning and picked up to go home every day during the summer. Yeah. And um, so I was around all these guys. So I was talking to somebody the other day, a body man, and I was talking about, for me as a child, Bondo, Bondo yeah. was like the magic. Yeah, the that magic. Was the ma- that was, it was <laughs> That's the, what made everything. It was yeah. magic because yeah, I, right. uh-huh. I would see these kids with their the lowrider bikes, bikes and yeah. i go, how'd you do that? And they'd yeah. be like, Bondo. Uh-huh. I'd just be like, I have to drink it. I have to yeah. rub it on my. I, was that the episode on one of your episodes? I don't know if that was. I don't know if that was with Andrew or somebody. But you said something about you would ask them like, "How do you do that?" And they're like, "Oh, you got to go." How the fuck? Mud. Well, yeah, you have right. To go, yeah. That was you, right? That yeah. was your. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was Joe Lomelli. Okay, yeah. Okay. So because because Joe, <laughs> Joe had the baddest bike in the uh-huh. neighborhood, and, okay. his, and his older brothers were you know very influential. Uh huh. And so I asked these older guys. I said, "Hey." How do I do that? Uh-huh. What, what's Bondo? And, the, uh-huh. and, and this this kid goes, go to, go to your grandma's house uh-huh. and get some dirt, uh-huh. mix it with water and make mud and just rub it all over your bike. Yeah. And then one of the older homies was like, uh-huh. no, 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 no. Come on, man. Yeah. Don't mess with the kid. <laughs> but I just. But I, you were about to go do that. Though, I was huh? about because I would have like, done. Yeah. I would have done whatever uh-huh. it took. Right. I would have done whatever it took to get there. Okay. You know, and so that was that drive, you know, and I never had, I never had a low rider bike. Okay. It did not the way I wanted it. Okay. You know, of course yeah. my kids have them now and, right. and I have one hanging in my office, but, right. but yeah, it was like the Bondo was just this magic uh-huh. stuff that just good things happened with, you yeah. know? And, um, to this day, I uh-huh. think it's, um, it's an amazing, amazing substance, yeah. you know, that, <laughs> You know, if it's mixed right. just right, it's uh-huh. beautiful, you yeah, know, yeah, yeah. so anyway. All right, so you built a few cars. <clears throat> well, you, I know what you said about, uh, you know, consider yourself a builder, but I know yeah. you had a, a 48 Chevy, 
right? But even well, yeah. before that, my first car was a 65 Impala wagon. Okay. And then I ended up getting rid of that. What I get, years were those? Oh, uh, I was, six, I was six, 16 years old, so 1989. Nice, yeah. And I ended up giving that to my brother. Mm-hmm. And then when I, when I turned uh, 21, I bought a 64 Impala. Mm-hmm. I was the third owner. Okay. And... Um, and that was static drop on NOS Supremes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And nobody yeah. was running Supremes. Right, that right. was like 1993. Yeah. And it was a 64? 64. Nice. Yeah. And um, it was and also- why those, though? Why why that? Were you still kind of like, oh, my, my era is like the 70s low riding look? Or, you know what I mean? Especially in those years, you know, where it was like 90s were big, Dayton, gold Dayton's kind of stuff. Why... Why that though? You know what I mean? So why that look? Why the, that style? Was it just more like a practical thing? No, I was playing. Um, yeah, I was playing. Uh, Boulevard, right on, man. <laughs> I was playing. Um, I was playing in a like I guess for lack of a better word, alternative mm-hmm. band. I mean, I was I grew up playing in metal and thrash metal bands, okay. and I was in the local music scene, and there was a woman who uh, was a manager of her brother's band. And they were kind of like, I guess what we would now consider to be emo. Uh They were a little gothy or whatever. But Big Deb was just an old school chola. And she managed her brother's band because no one would mess with her. Uh So she could go in and kind of throw, literally throw her weight weight around. around. (laughs) And nobody, like everybody respected and really feared her. Yeah, We were... Her kid and my son or my nephew played on the same baseball team. Okay. And I rolled up to the baseball game and she was like, John, uh-huh. I used to have a 65 back in the day. I bent the frame clowning. Yeah. I had these these wheels that I never put on it. They would look great on your car. Okay. I said, what are they? She yeah. goes, they're five spoke Supremes. Yeah. And I was like, I want them. Yeah, yeah. She sold them to me for 200 bucks. Hell yeah. And I, I took them to the, yeah. to the like city tire and wheel. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. And uh, this like old school like biker guy, big ponytail, yeah. big handlebar mustache. Yeah. I opened them up and he was like, nobody, yeah, nobody right. runs these anymore. Right, right. I'm like, cool. Yeah. Throw them on there. Slap them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and and so I put them on the car because nobody because nobody nobody yeah. was running them okay. and it was a throwback. Yeah. Right. To my former. That's what years, I mean, though. That's know? that's what I was getting yeah. at. Like, why, why even now with the car you're building now with your '73 Riviera, you're still kind of stuck there. Not stuck, but I mean, you're still kind of like that's my ode to the to the '70s or that's my style or why. You know what I mean? Like, what happened along the way that you're like that's I'm going for the traditional lowrider. I think that I just love the look. Yeah. You know, I mean, like that 70 that I showed you mm-hmm, earlier, mm-hmm. you know, when I when I see cars yeah. like that, mm-hmm. when I see when I see the cars that you guys roll in your mm-hmm. club, when I I know what I like. Right. It's more than just a car. It's uh I don't know if it's maybe it's nostalgia, you know? Mm-hmm. Like in Boule- like the Boulevard Nights mm-hmm. house, mm-hmm. I can smell right. the inside of that house. Yeah, for sure. Because that house reminds me of my grandparents' house. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, I, yeah. you know, I. So can, it's a connection, I can feel, right? I can it's feel the, it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think for me, that's what it's about. Yeah. It's it's a snapshot of, you know, how it was. And by the way, I'm not romanticizing, mm-hmm. you know a barrio mm-hmm. or gang uh, violence or, or, gang yeah. violence mm-hmm. or even you know even um socioeconomics mm-hmm. right you know what i mean but at the end of the day 
I think that, you know, I have so many good memories from that era of my life okay. that, and that's for me was, for me, that was the golden era of low riding. Mm-hmm. So if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know so, what I mean? Yeah. So let's, let's talk a little bit about that, bro. I mean, I, I really feel like effort. Let's get into it, right? Let's do it. Okay. So you having that upbringing, having that connection, being part of that community, you're now teaching about it in a sense and i don't know stop me when i when i when i when i when i'm wrong but now you're bringing it to like a a college university level right and it's a study and as far as i understand and we've you you know we've talked about this a little bit about too about actual lowrider course college courses yeah okay so talk a little bit about that but talk about why it's okay for you to do that or why or or you know what i'm saying you know where i'm getting at yeah well for one and it, and is 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 there a place for it i believe so and i'll tell you why because well for one it makes my job a lot more fun yeah <laughs> you're getting paid for it yeah no i know yeah you know, i mean it, yeah i'm not mad at you <laughs> it, it it makes it a lot more fun yeah um for my students who are largely students of color and largely Latino students of color, um, there's, there's a cultural relevance, but everything that low riding has is, is there to open up conversations that are about community issues. So for example, if we talk about, and this is the way I do it actually. So if we talk about you know, taking it back to the Zoot Suit Riots, mm-hmm. right? Right. That's a an historical... Pinpoint. yeah. That's historical, an historical yeah, yeah, yeah. time, space, and place, but it's also a variable in that I can say, okay, that happened in the 40s. Mm-hmm. Give me your examples as young people today that have dealt with criminalization of aesthetics mm-hmm. yeah and they're like well you criminalization know criminalization of a culture you know a community. Um, yeah. we couldn't wear Cortez's at my school or you know um I always got you know flack from my teacher for sagging my pants or hey that guy got thrown off of the plane in San Francisco because the lady was offended that he was sagging his pants and he got arrested and you know so that's what we do when we talk about anti-cruising laws or cruising bans yeah that just opens up the door to talk about other forms of systemic racism right. or uh-huh. you know stereotyping, um, stereotyping yeah. or politic um the politics and the lawmaking mm-hmm. directed at communities okay you All know right. so yeah. it, it's basically it's it's a big icebreaker right to to hook students to talk about a lot of other things and is that where low riding is like going now is are we at the level where it's like uh it can be a college course and see i i personally like you know me i'm so protective of it i'm so like um into you know preserving highlighting the people that are you know behind the scenes have been keeping it going right is there a place for and and it there is like a dangerous line bro like in the in the sense of like yeah but you're you're <clears throat> teaching about it and you're bringing it to college but then very easily we can start seeing these academics start saying well i'm writing a book about it but i'm not part of this fucking culture or right. i'm writing a book of it because i'm making it safe right. for people that are not of this culture right 
to exploit it or to make money off of it. Right. But if I see you cruising on my street, I'm calling the cops. Right. So my question is that, like, what, what, how do you, how do you stay careful with that? How do you, or do you, or, or do you feel like it's going to open Pandora's box to, to, to making low riding something completely different than what it is already? Well, you know, that's a great question. And not to say that you're the, you're the only one, because bro, I can, I can go down the list and down the gamut of like, yeah, we have like Hollywood exploitation uh, views of it. We have music's exploitational views of it. We have people writing books. We have people doing documentaries, all this shit just because based on ego, based on their wealth, based on, you know, making money off of it or looking cool. Right. Uh, I mean, that's a great question. Um, I, so I taught a class at San Francisco State University on the history of lowriding. And the class was called Special Topics in Latino History. And so when I was given the class, I went to the department office and they handed, they handed me a course outline that was on sex and gender. And I said, is this what I'm supposed to teach? And they said, no. They said, that's just an example of a, of a course outline. You can teach it however you want. It's special topics. So what what the the professor generally does is they teach to their research specialty and that was i mean ding yeah okay that was like a no-brainer for me i said okay i said you're gonna have the first history of low riding course nice and they went what yeah wait what yeah yeah and i said yeah i said i'm gonna do it through low riding all right and they went for 18 weeks yeah <laughs> i said yeah i no could problem. spend i could spend yeah. 18 weeks just on this topic alone yeah and uh and they said okay go for it yeah um and the students basically take the course blind because all they see is special topics but right. i walk into a class there's 50 students in there right. and i said well do you know what you're what you're doing here right and i said this is this is i gave them the reveal okay and on the back end in the evaluations one of the students said in their comments, they said, when, when you've told us on the first day that we were going to do low riding, I thought you were crazy. Yeah. I didn't think that there would be enough, but to write, there would be enough there. Yeah. 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 I think everybody kind of goes like, how are you? There's not enough yeah. there, but yeah. now I get it, but there's more than, but enough. now I yeah. get it. So, yeah. so my approach with anything related to low riding is my burning question internally is, is this good for low riding or mm. is this not good for low riding? So like we, I showed the uh, the documentary, the Gypsy Rose documentary, yeah, yeah. the historical vehicle documentary, and a student raised their hand and they said, "Hey, I'm from La Habra. Where whereabouts did that happen? Oh, okay. What street did that happen oh, on?" Yeah. And Jesse, rest his soul, was still alive. So mm. I said, "Hang on." I called oh, Jesse wow. in okay. real time. He nice. answered the phone. Hey, oh, what's shit. up, John? Yeah. I said, "Nice. I'm teaching the documentary right now. Yeah. Hey, the student has a question that I can't answer." Mm-hmm. And he went, oh man, I don't know what street that was on, but let me try to find out. I, I like I like that whole story because I, I put in perspective of what I'm doing in the sense of like telling the, tr- the real story from yeah. the real person, no filters, no f- agenda. Yeah. Um, and, I, and I see how you honor the person by, by doing that and saying, hold on, let me call them. And I really feel when you, when you said that story, I really felt like, what an honor for them and that family to say like this guy's teaching a college course on what we did 
as as a family as a community like that's really fucking big bro that's big and i know you do it you love it you know what i mean like i i see i hear the passion and i know that you lived it and i know that you're qualified for it so i see that you love it you're not doing it with agendas you know but i really like that man i really i really hit me on that story because then then i know like these old timers really were about like hey we were just out cruising and we were just out building and we were just out carnalismo but for them to be stick to be stick around long enough to be like, hey man, somebody's actually teaching people, you know, the real like what we were really doing, what we were really accomplishing. That that's enormous. Thank you. Um, my my only agenda is to advance low riding in a positive way, whatever that looks like. And it goes back to my question: Is this good for low riding? As I see it, I mean, right. I'm not. I'm not the be all and all yeah, authority yeah. Yeah. on it. Clearly not. It's it's ours. It's not mine. It's a huge part of my identity. Um, but that's what that's what keeps me grounded with it. Is this good for low riding? Yes or no? Yeah. And if it's no, I stay away from it. How do you know it's not though? What are the things to tell you? Because I can tell you the things that I look at and I'm like, yeah, that's not good for low riding. <laughs> when, when, Go- when Google calls me yeah. and wants low riders for a Google Glasses commercial. Okay, yeah, right. <laughs> um, yeah. You know, I mean, uh, you know, when, when it's going to be another negative depiction Mm-hmm. Or a, a criminal depiction of and that, writing. and that's my thing, man. My thing is this: like, hey, you guys want us to highlight your product? You guys want us to, you know, to pose for your book? Um, but yet, we can't legally cruise up and down this street, and you guys don't give a shit. That's that's plain and simple for me. It's like you are still you're going to highlight us um, and you're probably going to do it in like a criminal kind of looking kind of notorious kind of fucking looking mean cholo kind of way. Right. But you're going to leave and we're going to still be stuck here getting our cars towed, getting sighted, getting fucked with. You know what I mean? Like so for me, it's kind of that simple, you know, and or. Or it's the other one. It's the like, yeah, you're going to put a book together and you're going to sell it or you're going to travel the galleries or you're going to put a movie together and you're going to try to sell that. Um, yeah, man, to me, it's like, yeah, that's that's not good for low writing and not because it's not their artistic, you know, view is good or maybe even, yeah, we want to highlight. Yeah, that's cool. But but how is that? What is that? Reciprocity? Reciprocity? Yeah. Where's yeah. that at? Right. Where's that? You know, where is yeah. it like coming back and being like, hey, let's right. go talk to these politicians. Right. Let's go talk to these policymakers. Right. Let's go talk to these right. cops. Let's go. You know what I mean? Right. Let's get something together for you guys. Yeah. And, and you know, I mean, like in, in terms of like the research aspect of it, quote unquote, being, being officially affiliated with San Francisco State University as a doctoral student, I just had to go through my my certification for research where you know, working through these modules about making sure that the research conducted is, is reciprocal mm-hmm. and that, that whomever is the quote unquote subject of research, it sounds so clinical and so mm-hmm. colonial, but right. it's, it's the reality, <laughs> uh-huh. right? Is that it's a maximum benefit with minimal risk, mm-hmm. right? In other words, you don't, yeah. you don't just pop right. into a community and right. start just 
appropriating and fucking right. people over and yeah. just taking, taking, mm-hmm. taking, taking. Right. And then you leave a carcass that you don't want anymore. Yeah. Right. You know. And yeah. Because it's no use for you anymore. Right. Yeah. And th- and that's always in my front pocket. That's always front and center with my work. Yeah. Whatever it is, is that okay? Is this good for low riding? And right. when I say low riding, I'm also talking about the community right. involved. Right. Good. Uh, and I feel like you and I are both on the same page on that too. Um, what does appropriation look like to us? You know, yeah. what is and how are we? How do we pick up the pieces from like the damage that appropriation does? And I think that you and I are so much more insiders that we see appropriation not just in like other cultures coming in. You know, yeah. um, um, but we see it in in even in our own gente, bro in our own hint they like they're being coming in and and appropriating shit you know and fuck i mean i yeah I, this is this is so many layers to it bro but yeah. but even like even when we talk about the cholo look and the cholo yeah. aesthetics and the cholo yeah. you know what i mean that's yeah. another like what what does appropriation look like that and and how do we how do we tell our youngsters today like hey you're not allowed to do that like yeah we know that's your culture but we're more we're more fearful of what kind of sh- trouble you can get into looking like a, a cholo but you're not about that you know what i mean so there's two sides of that there's a big side of that of being like outsiders coming in and appropriated appropriating it and then there's the insiders coming in and appropriated right and you know that's uh that's a huge, huge. Hell yeah! I mean, that's a that's its own <laughs> podcast in and of yeah. itself. But uh-huh. Yeah, I maybe. Mean, yeah, maybe we need to wait on that. I've I've always loved that look. Yeah, I've always loved that look. Right. But I can't pull it off authentically mm-hmm. because I'm. Th- that's not me. Because we know better, though. That's yeah, not right? me. I mean, in other words, you know, I've lived forty nine years without military pressing my shirts i'm not gonna start now now. yeah i've never rocked a baby cuff in my life i'm not gonna start now Mm -hmm. right but you know back in the 90s i wore winos because i always loved winos they were five they were still five bucks yeah 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 you know good luck (laughs) now yeah you know and I, i think that that you know that pinterest instagram you know, social media, oh, right, right, right. social media has perpetuated it. Yeah. Right. But sure. I've been seeing a lot of, uh, in anticipation of this conversation, I was thinking about it on the way over here. I've been seeing a lot of photographers post the devils in the details. Mm. Right. Mm-hmm. And with that entire statement of a cholo aesthetic, yeah. it's all in the details. Mm-hmm. And if one, if one detail is out of place, it's a foul. It's not right. You know what I mean? And so I think it's very easy to try to cop that look, Mm -hmm. but pulling it off is a near impossibility if you don't live it. Right. And I think that that's that's the difference. So here's what I thought, Reese. Um, Here's what I thought about the other side of that, about the outsider appropriation of it not even our own culture because right now we're talking about our own gente right Right. and we're talking about is it okay for them to dress up the part right so we're talking about where we're coming from and i love that you're explaining it that way however i'm also thinking about where the outsider comes in and appropriate it and i think the best way is like what you mentioned like how are we giving back how are what we're doing giving back how is this podcast how is what you're doing giving back to our community and i want to mention the conference 
and yeah. it, it really hit me then and I was like John's doing it because he's putting on a conference together for youth for community that's that's free to attend that is on a college level where it can be I don't know where it could be legitimized by you know whoever needs it right but that is honestly that's a, a real like genuine way that you're saying you know what we're doing we're doing this for the community and that's bad to say a little bit about that so it's interesting thank you um the international lowrider studies conference which is i co i co host and co-facilitate with chris macias from utah and chris is a lowrider he's also an academic but it's utah university right or what uh, is it salt lake city community college okay salt lake city community yeah. college so it's it's yeah. lowriders out there right. who are academics yeah. that said let's do this yeah. like you know because there's a believe it or not i mean there are quite a number of folks yeah around inside of california outside of california yeah. who are using low writing as a teaching tool right in a number of different yeah. ways yeah. it's pretty cool yeah and so we just kind of said hey and that's what i think old timers really appreciate bro let's that's get it all I, together yeah that's where they're like man what we did really made an impact on our on our gente on our community and now they're teaching about it like that's legit and and what's even more legit is when we when we flew it when we pitched it to the public last year like hey we're doing this rightfully so skeptics started being like who's doing this and what right yeah. do you have yeah. to talk about any of this who yeah. who's involved yeah, yeah. and i'm like those are all great questions yeah those good. are all great questions yeah, yeah, yeah. you know yeah. because that's also the critical eye yes. of the community yeah. saying is this another appropriation yeah. of yeah, our yeah. stuff we've you become know? protective of it and we should be of course we should and yeah, we should be because we've been we've been displayed and we've been um narrative like um you know so wrong so bad so mis misguided okay tell me a little bit more though tell me more like what what are you guys doing? What do you what what kind of interviews are you doing? What kind of workshops are you doing? How can we see it again? So right now, um, there's a there's a YouTube. If you just YouTube search International Lowrider Studies Conference, the entire conference last year is up in its entirety. Um, what we are doing this year is we kind of retooled it to make it more conference like to where there's going to be we're going to have it over two days instead of one long day okay a morning session and an afternoon session morning and afternoon session with a and b so two sessions in the morning two sessions in the afternoon and you have a choice of what you can do um, we're, we're having a call for presentations. Okay. So last year it was like, we're doing this and a hundred people tried to jam through the door at once and it filled up immediately. Wow. And so this year we're, we're trying to have it, um, more, I don't want to say more legitimate, but we are actually giving ourselves, ourselves time to vet the proposals. So not everybody is going to get in. Okay like they did last year because right. we only have so much space but this time it's two days two days wow yeah great yeah and, and it's it, virtual and it's it's virtual and then i'm gonna maybe try we're actually on our host campuses okay. gonna offer some in-person kind of what's called high flex where it can be zoomed and in person oh. in real time oh, yeah. so we'll see how oh, yeah. it goes but okay. we're still in the planning still stages on that. yeah but it's evolving and what are the what are like the outcomes of that what are you guys hoping as like as like uh, um, as organizers, you know what I mean. Like um, 
as the board there what are you guys hoping that you know people get out of it you know what is what is like the outcome of that to our community people so number one what we are doing is we're providing a specific space for our gente that are documenting research writing a place to present their work yeah. number one it's open to the public at large right it's not just for academics it's right. for everybody right. um and it's pretty it's pretty cool for the public at large to be able to see the community to be able to see the work that's being produced yeah. number one two we are also documenting the work that we're doing on the community right and preserving it and so i think that those are the two key issues is it it provides a place and an opportunity people of all levels to be able to present that they might not have at the bigger conferences like you know the national right. fill in the blank right, right, educators right. conference right. history conference sociology whatever your discipline yeah. is right and it's also more importantly a place for us to just be in the same space together to exchange ideas right and i think that that's the most valuable yeah. thing yeah i was i was a part of it last year and yeah. i really liked my favorite part was just listening to the youth and students ask questions yeah yeah because then i i really understood like oh man like finally they're they to me it's more important that they have an insight of their own culture and their own you know what 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 our our uh, parents put together what our grandparents put together that these gen this generation has an insight to that than than anybody else you know i honestly don't care if the smithsonian or any other college gets an insight but i really care that these guys these youngsters have can ask questions and take really pride in what what these people our predecessors put together you know and what the culture that developed because of because of uh you know statements and anti-establishment and low riding and and illegal cars with illegal modifications you know that to me that that makes much more of an impact for me and my in my family i appreciate that thank you and it, and it was great having you a part of it i think that for for what we're trying to do and what my mission is you know, because there are a lot of people that are naysayers. There are people who are like, oh, man, that's corny. Yeah. You know, like low riding should be on the street. It should stay on the streets. It shouldn't be in museums. It shouldn't be in books. It should be, you know, th like the people right. that are that are, you know, quote unquote down don't give a shit right. about whether or not their lifestyle is documented in a book. Mm -hmm. And while I appreciate that perspective 100 percent. My mission is if it is going to be documented, then we should document it from within our own framework as opposed to somebody from the outside doing it. And so I think that that's really what my research is about, yeah. is really coming at it from the insider's perspective. And the more that we can support yeah. and keep building that insider's perspective, yeah. I think the better we are for building out this you know body of literature because it's growing yeah. there is so much stuff that is not published it you would be amazed yeah i mean i have a stack of master's theses and phd dissertations in my living room it's probably this high yeah you know it's like phone books on top of phone books on yeah. top of phone books high hundreds and thousands of pages of written material that never went 
that never got published. Yeah. And for a lot of it, I'm thankful that it never got published. Yeah. Because it's completely unrealistic. John, how is how is low riding outside of the U.S. and how is worldwide low riding doing that? And are they doing that? And what I mean by doing that, are they legitimately telling our story? And are they a part of our? Well, obviously they're a part of our story. And I know you've traveled to Brazil. I know you have connections there. I know you've been to Cuba. I know you've been to Mexico. I know you've been to Japan. I didn't know that. Okay. Yeah. Japan, all over the U.S. Japan was first. Okay. So how does that? How does that? How does that fit into this world? Morning. Um, You know, Japan is really what what had me go. What the fuck? Mm -hmm. Right. And that was like 1992. Mm -hmm. Right. With that lowrider magazine where they were talking about, you know, they were advertising the Osaka Super Show. Yeah. And I opened it up and it blew my mind. Yeah. I was like, low riding in Japan because, you know, it was like, you know, low riding supposed to be within the confines of the barrio, but low riding is ours, low riding is this, that, and low riding's not supposed to be in Japan. What the hell? And so when I opened it up, I was just blown away by what I saw. And then I put it down and just lived my life and didn't think of it. So when I got into my anthropology degree, um, I said, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to look at the globalization of low riding. And they said, well, what are you talking about? Low riding in Japan? What? And, and then when I showed them and explained it and they were like, oh, okay, yeah, do it. And, you know, and the truth be told is low riding in Japan goes back to the eighties. The OGs of low riding in Japan started like in like 86 thereabouts. And they were very influenced by the Cheech and Chong movies, right? Up in Smoke and Next Movie. And so, like, I mean, you know, uh, HK even named his car Next Movie 62, right? And so I had always wanted to go to Japan. Yeah. And so I had the opportunity to go. Yeah. And, um, and it was an amazing experience. Yeah. I mean, like, the cars built to perfection. Right. Right. Built to like a 70s golden era perfection or you're just, just saying like, like yeah. perfect yeah. from top to right, bottom. Right, right. But yeah, <laughs> but but an interesting thing is that one of the low riders that I was able to interview there, he said, if you go back to the United States, I want you and you talk about us. I want you to get it right. And Nagoya style low riding is Chicano style low riding. Tokyo style is African-American style. And that blew me away because I went, okay, this is interesting because really what he's saying is Nagoya style 70s and Tokyo's Tokyo's 90s. Yeah. And it's true. When 90s hip hop style. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. And so, but I thought that that was an interesting distinction. I don't think that there's any, I mean, but you know, the Japanese, the Japanese people being obsessed and enthralled with American culture and American subcultures goes back to the post-World War II occupation of Japan. And, you know, be it Coca-Cola, Lucky Strike cigarettes, whatever. Um, And so, you know, there are all kinds of subcultures within Japan, you know, bikers, punk rock, Mm -hmm. what have you. Research mods, right? Yeah. And they're all in with it. Yeah. You know, and it's it's studied yeah. because again, perfectionists. Right. It has to be done correctly, right? You know, and I mean, there's even taquerias yeah, in, yeah. in Japan. Yeah, right. I didn't eat any yeah. because I'm like, I want to eat Japanese. <laughs> food, yeah, right, right. right. You know? And so, you know, I think that they they have a deep respect 
for for our culture. Yeah. Um, and they try to hit it right on the head right. in terms of how they present it. And that's what I've always kind of said. So and that's it's appreciation. How I, yes. Yeah. And I think that's what gives me, and this is just me personally, like anybody can have their opinion about like if that is appropriation or not. But I think, and, and it is, in a sense it is, and I'm not going to argue that. However, I think that me being a part of the lowrider community, me being a lowrider, me seeing that, that's what I ask for. I ask for you maintain respect, you maintain authenticity, you don't change it and say it's, it's low riding, you don't incorporate it and say it's low riding. If you're going to say it's low riding, then do it to the T. Do it respectfully and do it to the T. If you do something else, call it something else. Now, let's, let's call it for what it is now, okay? If you look at the, the hashtag Chicano culture worldwide, yeah. what you see is you see a lot of bald heads, mm-hmm. you see a lot of tattoos, mm-hmm. you see a lot of baggy shorts, mm-hmm. you see a lot of Cortezes. Yeah. What you don't see a lot of, if at all, mm-hmm. is Chicanismo. Yeah. And, well, and, I'm, and, and I'm saying this to you knowing very well your history mm-hmm. and relationship with Dolores Huerta, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, yeah, lowriding is part of the Chicano experience in the United States, but it's not mm-hmm. the be-all, end-all. Right. Same with, you know, Cholismo is part of the Chicano experience or the Latino experience right, right. because not everybody right. who creases down is Chicano, Chicano yeah. okay? But to for it to begin and end with an aesthetic, I think is is a travesty and a literal and a, a, a literal ignorance of Chicano history. And I think that that's the missing component. If you're gonna, it, it, and I said this when I was in Brazil. Somebody asked me in a workshop I was doing down there, they said, what do you think of us wearing Dickies and Cortezes? And I said, look, I, have, I, bu- I firmly believe that people have the right to dress the way Express they want to dress. Out, yeah. Right? But to label that Chicano is very, very uh, limiting. Yeah. It would be like me showing up at the Lowrider event tomorrow uh-huh. wearing a Brazilian jiu-jitsu gi with yeah. a black belt yeah, it'd be going the same thing. Yeah. favela, favela, yeah, 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 samba. Yeah. Yeah, right. And they all started laughing. Yeah, right. And I said, you're laughing. Yeah. But you're identifying. You're yeah, laughing you because, it. because it's a ridiculous notion. Right. I said, but everybody back home yeah. that is watching the, the cultural appropriation police right. think that same thing when they see you wearing dickies so that's and the thing though man the the carnalismo there the chicanoism that's not what they're going to get they're going to get this aesthetics they're going to get this look and they're going to do it respectfully and they're going to do it to the t and they're going to do it legitimate right but they're not or 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 for them i'd like to think so at least but for the most part they're not going to get what it is the chicano experience or the lowrider chicano experience or the lowrider latino experience because they're not what you so are they what are so so then what are they doing what are they you, cosplaying <laughs> you know well, to a certain degree yeah, yes yeah the answer is yes because what you will see is you'll see somebody wearing a flannel right yeah a, a, a pair of dickies that mm-hmm. aren't pressed right with probably a three inch cuff rolled yeah. up mm-hmm. it's just all off yeah and and yeah. some and some kind of nice yeah. and some kind of tennis shoes yeah 
it's just like they did the best that they could with what they had right which technically is in the spirit of that aesthetic but it's off yeah you know and and without and again that's the that's the power of social media right of a pinterest or a google image search so here's what i think now here's what i think now and and again my opinion is worth whatever it's worth a drop in the bucket i think that we do have i do have to call it for what it is and it is it does file under appropriation however they can do it as as a as a hobby as an interest as a cosplay and they can do it respectfully and they can do it um you know legitimately they can do it but they won't have the lived experience and that and i have to be okay with it people here youth here that are putting on a certain look they can do it also and they might get a little bit of the latino chicano experience because of who ethnicity who they are but for them they're they should know what they're getting into also like that's for me that's that's the only way that i can like go about my day and be cool with all this shit is is understanding in japan in new zealand in brazil in fucking wherever in europe wherever they can put it on they could put it on and they can say they love it and respect it and i appreciate it but i and in my heart i know it's still a form of appropriation and i know that they're just they're they're playing the part almost right and here the people here that are doing it i I, unfortunately you have to know what you're getting into and if you're gonna dress like a banger and you're gonna dress like that hey dude you know like you you gotta know what time it is too though agreed now that was a 58 rag that just drove by yeah right bumping chalino yeah (laughs) i'm gonna bet all the money in my pocket that they're not gonna get pulled over (laughs) yeah right Mm -hmm. on whittier boulevard Mm -hmm. That's a luxury in 2022 because mm-hmm. it hasn't always been like that. Mm-hmm. Well, Here's- I don't know. They were bumping Chalino kind of loud. <laughs> I think cops, cops don't appreciate that too, uh, too but, much. But what I'm saying is, is that the fact that we can get in our, our cars, our lowriders, drive down the street and not get pulled over and not get messed with, that's a luxury. Mm-hmm. The veteranos were the tip of the arrow and they experienced that yeah, like for sure and we should not take that for granted right we should not take that for granted just like with aesthetically with with you know the with the with the with that cholo aesthetic you know you dress like that in us in back in the day it's because you were down for your shit and those aren't my words this is right yeah. this is the elders passing it along to me you know, you put on a Pendleton and you walk down the street. Yeah. It's you be, better be ready you be, at all times. Right. Yeah. For, yeah. You for, better know what sure. that brings. For sure. Right. Back in the day and not too long ago, you put on a pair of Cortezes and you go out on the street. That was, that, that was a huge, you were making a statement. Right. Right. Yeah. And likely to get jammed up for it. Where are you from? Yeah. You know what I mean? And, right. and so now you know it, i don't it, know it, man i feel like here we are you know older guys doing this i'm like an old fart man no but you know? here's the thing though is that we're, we're we got to let it be known too though you know what i mean i think a lot of people listen to to this and a lot of people hear and can and can identify and can agree and i think yeah. that that's our responsibility is that just like our our old timers would say the same shit yeah. like hey youngster you're gonna be you're gonna 
you know, you're going to come off this way, then just know that, you know, just know that what you're calling, what you're inviting, what you're saying and be ready for that, you know, and and unfortunately, that's that's just the way it is. And I don't mean to be a purist and I don't mean to be a traditionalist, but I do. And I don't mean to be a gatekeeper, but I am, you know, and 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 I'm only true to myself. You know, right. and I only do this because of that, you know, and I know you do it because of that, because of that love for it, too. Yeah. And, you know, I, I really want to. I mean, low riding is beautiful. I mean, it's a it's a beautiful expression of our culture. It's an incredible expression of our ingenuity and our creativity and an expression of our pride. And I want to keep that central. And the more that I can help people understand that the majority of us are good, hardworking family people, right? I'm not, I'm not so naive to say that every low rider in the history of of low riding is up for sainthood. I mean, come on, (laughs) but, but, you know, but the media depictions are fictional for a, for a, for a large percentage. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're just we're just trying to be about our stuff on the stream, mm-hmm. you know. And I'll, I'll and I'll I'll give you this anecdotally. We were at the pier in San Francisco, and I had my forty eight at the time. And we pulled up. I laid the car down, grabbed a cup of coffee, and there's a it's a high traffic tourist area, and so people trip off of the cars. They take pictures with the cars, and you know people want to talk about the cars. And this couple came up to us, and they said, "This is your car." I said, "Yeah." And they said, "Oh, it's a beautiful car. Oh, thank you." And they had their son with them, and they said, "We wish, we wish our daughter would come look at it." And I said, "Where is she?" And she was probably like fifty to hundred feet away. And I said, "Well, why doesn't she?" And they said, "She's scared." And I said, "Well, what's she scared of?" She said, "She's scared of like the whole thing." And so I told the little brother, I said, "Go try to bring your little sister over here." And so he did, and I started talking to her, and I said, what do you think this is about? And right. she said, that you're gang members. And I said, and where did you learn that from? And she said, well, I saw it in a movie. And I went, man, you know? And I said, no, look, check it out, right. you know? And the parents were like, oh, it's okay, it's okay. And I think that, you know, once those seeds get planted, right, and encoded, then that that thought process, that narrative stays within the mindset of anything that gets associated with a person, a look, a car, what have you. You know, I mean, I could be driving my Honda Civic and get out of it. And if that little girl sees me, she makes that assumption. Right. Or, you know, anybody else for that matter. So, you know, the media messages are powerful. Right. And so my whole mission really yeah. is to negate that. Yeah. Did you tell her you're a professor? I did. <laughs> I did. Good. And her, no, good. That's I, why I, I was did. hoping you said yeah. I wasn't going to, you know. Good. Because I don't good. like, I mean. I think, I no, I honestly, I think that's the biggest freaking like, just like eye opening like yeah. experience to be like, all right, I see, I see where you get that that stereotyping from and i see where you got that information from and i'm here to tell you like i'm actually this and i'm doing this and we're hardworking people and i and i think that's why you're a good steward of all of this because you are like honestly i I, i'm gonna say like for our 
older generation, that's what they wanted. Our early lowriders, that's what they wanted. They right. said, they, and I don't even think they knew the impact of it. I don't think they knew that one day what we're doing today is going to influence gener- another generation of lowriders that are going to be professors, that are going to be, you know, professionals. Yeah. And, and family type. Yeah. Like, and so, again, I, I do it because I want to I give them that appreciation. Like, thank you for keep doing it. Thank you for getting fucked with cops. Thank you for getting, like, you know, putting... So, Drifting on Memories is an awesome podcast. Um, I'm so glad you did it and are doing it. Um, and I will say it's the first podcast on low riding. Is that correct? I don't know. I don't know. That I've seen. Yeah, it's, it's I, the know, first one on low I can't, riding. Yeah, I can't say. No, actually, I could say. It's not. There was... I don't know where I found it. There's this one one episode of a man, and I don't know if I found it. I don't know. Who knows? But if you just, like, search on uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, I think it was, there was one man who took a drive with his dad, and they, his dad was talking about early lowriding stuff. Wow. But it doesn't mean that that's where I got the idea. I didn't get the idea from there. I had the idea for years before, but it wasn't... I had the idea before podcasting came out. And it, the reason why I had that idea is because I used to talk... Or if I were to see Julio or Fernando Redlas, or if I were to see Jesse Valadez, or if I were to see Mike Lopez from Lifestyle, I'd always run over to them and, be, and just ask them old-time questions. For some reason, it just reminded me of my family, and it and 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 it, and I would do it on a real casual level, like super just having beers somewhere at a show, where they really cut loose, bro. They they cut loose, they cuss, they talk shit, and I said, I know low riding is bigger than this right here. This show in La Habra, the show in Whittier. I know low riding is big in Japan, in Brazil, in Europe, in New Zealand, but they never hear the the honest stories like this they'll read about it in lowrider magazine or street low whatever at the time but they'll never hear it uncut unfiltered no holds barred kind of way right i said how cool would it be to get that these conversations and throw them out and let people hear it so that way they know they're not influenced and they're not and they're not um uh told what low riding is and that was my beef i was like too many times there are people telling our story and we're we are not and it's bs and too many times are other people being highlighted and these guys are not and that's bullshit so another reason was and i had a lot of caffeine so i'm going bro (laughs) another thing was like i saw a cartoon coming up i saw esteban i saw cypress hill like dudes that are just badass dudes right but i knew bro i said but when those guys are asking about cars they're going to guys like mike lopez you know what I mean? They're going to guys like freaking Ruelas. They're going to guys like Jesse. So those are the those are the dudes that they're going to, the OG OGs. And I said, that's who I want to talk to. And 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 this is before any podcasting. I didn't even think about podcasting. In fact, I thought I'll just record it and I'll send it out to people I know and be like, check it out, bro. You hear what he said about like these fools in another club, or you hear what he said about bumper jacking in the day? Like, that's legit. And then podcasting came out and then I was like, for me, I was like, I want to do a podcast. But at that time, I thought podcasting was in a studio with headphones and microphones. And I'm like, where am I going to do that? So 
I kind of went back and forth of like, where am I going to find that? And then a good friend of mine, Joel, he was like, bro, just get your phone and talk to him. And it was the best thing because then it was less intrusive. Yeah. Then it was less like professional. And trust me, these old timers, bro, as soon as you, you do something, a mic or camera, they like, um, uh, you know, they stutter. They like, they freak out a little bit. So instead, I just, I went, I found that same atmosphere. The one that we're just kicking it shooting the shit yeah and i started putting it out no agendas no product to sell no none of that man i just just straight up like what you did what you're capturing back in the day you know straight up like hey man let's let's hear it let's talk about it let's you know it's time to sell your truth yeah and it was time to highlight you because you've done so much for us you've done so much for low riding you've done so much for your club and unfortunately, man, those guy, a lot of those guys are gone now. Yeah. I did an interview with Danny D last year, and right. he's gone, bro. Right. I didn't, you know, my first ones were, you know, first, the whole concept of it came from talking to guys like Julio and Fernando and Jesse, and they're gone. Right. And I think that that's the important contribution that you're making is documenting the oral traditions, the oral histories yeah. of lowriding. I think for me that that's super valuable and important and necessary yeah because we never know how long we're going to have somebody so is it weird that i don't see it that way because i've know, you've told me you've told me this before and i've heard it before and i'm like yeah i don't it's not about me though you know and it, it one it's not about me two it's it's um i only do it because i think it's cool for me you know what I mean? And my homies, like you and I, yeah. I think like, oh, wouldn't it be cool? This I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna tell, I'm gonna call John and tell him what this fool was saying about this. You know what I mean? It's not weird that you see it that way. Um, it's just it's the way I see it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm I'm also I'm also a, a nerd. Yeah, no, I get <laughs> it. In so far as that, you know, like wow, you captured that story. You captured that collection of stories nobody else has and it's documented now you know what i mean it's yeah, yeah. it's it's right. on the record right. for everybody to have and enjoy and reference yeah and i think if i see it another way though john I, I i'm not gonna love it i'm afraid that if i see it another way bro and when you tell me hey raul i want you to talk at this conference or something i'm just like mm, talk to these guys you know, because right. they're really the, they're the ones that are like I'm I'm it's I can't take credit for their story in a way, you know, right. and 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 I think if I start seeing it another way, um, then it might become a job. You know what I'm saying? And I don't want I don't want a job. You know, I just do it because I love it. And the day I don't love it is the day I'm like next next guy can take care. Of, you know, and I hope actually I hope that one day, bro, I put together drifting on memories as a little multimedia platform. And I walk away from it. And I say, you guys are the next generations. You guys take up. You know what I mean? That's that's my hope for it. That's dope. And I, you know, I mean, my come from, and, and I, I will die on this hill. I'm not going to back off of it, is you're capturing the oral histories of low riding. And that's super important. And I think what's what's equally important is that you as a low rider and you that you know your parents were low riders and you grew up in it is that you're going to ask different questions you're going to ask the questions that an outsider may not even know to ask right. and i think that that's that's what makes it even more important right. and significant yeah. is that it's us telling our own stories or if nothing else us giving 
our elders that platform mm -hmm. to have their space to yeah. be able to pass on the knowledge yeah i like that more i think i like that that um definition that giving a platform to our elders that's that's what i would want to do bro if anything i i would want to do because and that's how i got into it i'm like i want to highlight the ones the guys that aren't being highlighted i want to talk to the guys that are behind the scenes i want to talk to the guys that innovated this shit you know that they were like yeah man like you know what we did in lower cars we threw cinder blocks we threw sandbags we threw and it's like wow that's legit man that's legit because it's like they they really were like the innovators of this stuff you know those guys were the innovators like and everybody wants to talk about the big the big hollywood type the big kind of you know artist type or something but nobody wants to talk about the dude that influenced that painting that documentary that picture that clothing line that right it's legit dude yeah, <laughs> it's fucking sure. legit so you've talked to <laughs> you've talked to a lot of people so far and you're not done by any means um have there been any standout yeah. interviews that you're like, wow, that one really hit home for me? Or wow, yeah. that like I can't believe that we just had that conversation. It happens a lot, actually. To be honest with you, it happens a lot. And it might even happen with just about every guest. I'm going to let this bomb go by, this 53 bomb go by. Um, it happens a lot. And I think that's the only thing that brings me back. Or one of the things that brings me back is like, dude, I got it. Like, that was it. That was the story that I was looking for. That was the truth of that guy, you know? And, and, and dude, sometimes I'm sitting in front of them like I am with you. And they'll say, and it happened with you, you know, when I was talking to you earlier. And you're like, this is, this is what happened to me. This is, this is what happened in the, in the story with that young lady. And that, like that part right there, like that's your truth right so when you were saying that i was like i got it there it is again you know and it happens so often for me because i'm like i just gave people an insight to john that that not everyone's what is it previewed to yeah right, right. that's how you say it previewed previewed yeah. right too right yeah. and that was it man that's legit that was your story that you that lowrider like that anybody anybody else an academic somebody putting a book together they would forget to ask you that or they would not get that from you. You get it? Yeah. Yeah. So I get that. I get that enough times that I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it again. And then, um, but you know what? I'm biased in a way that, that, um, my favorite interviews, I guess, um, are the guys that I, I idolize almost, you know what I'm saying? So there's certain ones. Danny was one, uh, disco Mike, big Lando, first one, Mike Lopez, of course, to me, those are guys I idolized. You know what I'm saying? So for me, Johnny Roadrunner from uh, New Life. Those are the guys that I'm more interested. Like if I get, you know, um, I don't know, somebody who's a little more well known in the in the like social media world of low writing. You know, like I love them too. But these OG guys that are like, those are the ones I'm more biased to. So. How, what does low riding mean to you? Yeah, um, I, I, I can't see it any other way besides like culture, family, tradition. I can't, and I've tried, and I, and I try to, and I've tried to accept what, um, what a lot of the narratives were 
you know, growing up. And, um, and what I mean by that is like, I've tried to believe, I've tried to believe in what Hollywood told me, what, uh, what magazines told me, what, what art, you know, told me. Um, and I've, I've tried to let it influence me a little bit. I've tried, bro, but it, it can't. It does it. It always goes back to traditions. It always goes back to family and it always goes back to culture. So the question is, like, what does it mean to me? I really see it like on a more traditional, cultural, native level almost, you know. And when I see the what is it called? The sanctity of it, the sacredness of it. Yeah. That's all I can see. And 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 it, sometimes I have to catch myself because if I see it told another way, I, I have to catch myself and, and not be like, fuck that. That's not what it is, you know, because I want to still be open-minded and I want to still be fucking everyone's invited. You know what I mean? But it's hard for me, man, because and that's what I that's maybe that's why I'm called like a gatekeeper or a traditionalist or all that, you know, but but I really I'm here to be the voice because for a long time, nobody was coming to the barrios and asking us. What does low writing mean to you? They were asking all these big time names or all these these interpreters of it. And they never really honestly told our story. And I'm not saying I'm the one here to tell the story. I'll direct you to the old timer to be like, hey, dude, this guy was low writing in 72. He got my dad would get pulled over and he would get as the cop was walking to the driver's side. He start knocking out the taillights yeah. and, and say, hey, your taillights busted. Yep. That's who I would be like, you got to talk to them, bro. You got to ask them these questions, you know. Um, so I see it more like um, that. I see it more like that. I know what it means for a youngster to come out of their house and look outside their street and see some beauty in, a, in an automobile and say that came from nowhere else but from this hood. That came from nowhere else but from these people. That is one thing they can't take from us. That is one thing that they can't say, oh, lowriding started in this culture, lowrider started now, bro. Lowrider started right here in these streets. That's what lowriding means to me. A little bit, maybe a little bit of what it means to me. That's deep though. Yeah. That's deep because I know exactly what yeah, you mean. Yeah, I know you do. I know exactly yeah, what you mean. I know mean. you do. Like, it's, it's weird, I can smell it. Mm -hmm. Like we were talking about, you know, we were talking about earlier about that 70. Yeah. You know, and even right now, yeah. when you're talking about right here on these streets, like I can go back to the to yeah. those early years mm -hmm. of being, you know, in the neighborhood. Yeah. And actually hearing the the rubber on the road mm -hmm. as that 65 was yeah. bending the corner. Mm -hmm. And just like, yeah. I can't remember what I did right. two days ago. <laughs> but you remember that feeling. Because it's you such, remember such a seeing power, that. powerful, yeah. you know, or as a kid seeing Gypsy Rose right. going across the TV. Right. And just i it would be impossible to put into words but that i just know that feeling that well, i got from it john it's know? big too though bro because i think like as a kid man like being having forced assimilation be taught to me have going to school where there was no brown people taught about where there was no heroes where there was no like bro i had to grow up and look for them i had to be introduced to them to through music through other books like where there was no nothing that said there was everything to tell me to remind me that i'm a foreigner here on my indigenous land you get it like yeah. so 
So I didn't even realize, like, growing up, the impact of lowriding. And, and I say this all the time, bro. Like, my parents had lowrider on the coffee table. And to me, it was, like, no big deal. I thought every house had it almost, you know? So I didn't even look at it. I was like, ah, oh, that shit. You know what I mean? You know what I mean? Yeah. And so And so for me, it's like, bro, like, looking back, we – and we still don't have enough heroes for our, our youth, you know, for these little – you know youngsters coming up we still don't and they have to and the one thing that they can relate to is those lowriders you know and it's like all right cool like that that's something that we created that's part like so enthralled in our community in our culture that that's one thing we could point at and be like that's ours the world wants it but that's ours and that's why i'm here to say it on this podcast and that's what i try to get my guest to to, to say like hey this is ours right fuck yeah it's ours so that whole notion of ours, yeah. right? I mean, because in addition to having the podcast, I mean, you're a low rider. Yeah. You have your club, mm-hmm. Low Supreme. Yeah. So how does, how does that attitude and how does that purview, how does that perspective translate into how you roll on the street and how you present yourself and your club I, I mean, I think I, I think I know, you know, the question, but uh, and and maybe I'm going to answer this way off. But w- when you say like the club and how I am on the street, honestly, John, I think I, I separate them, bro. I think I separate them because in the club, we're very we, we kind of it's a small group of us, but we all have that same mindset of like what is traditional, what is um what is the golden era of low riding, right? But when I do things outside of the club, I'm a different person. Honestly, like I'll be straight up, I'm a different person. I might be, I'm like more open-minded, I'm more <laughs> welcoming, I'm more like, let me hear like what you think of it almost, you know? And that's cool, that works for me, you know? Um, because I think even even in my spirituality, bro, I think that there's certain points where I'm like, these these songs and these traditions and these ceremonies can't go anywhere outside of that but when i'm outside of that i'm i'm like okay i'm more apt to be like welcoming and stuff like that i don't know i mean i hope i hope you get it and i hope the listener gets it but i think that there's a lot of sacredness in it there's a lot of of uh tradition and you and i both know a lot of people got killed over this way of life yeah we're put in prison over this way of life we're like persecuted over this way and we still are bro we're still fighting for 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 a cruise on this street you know we're still trying to put down signs and say no cruising we still are so when it comes to to how does how does it bleed over how does that it doesn't so much for me there's one part where I have to remain really true to it. And then there's another part, which is a podcast part and the like multimedia kind of that I'm trying to do that part. I can be a little more open for it to hear anybody out, to hear, to not only hear them out, but to, but to promote them, encourage them. You know what I mean? Yeah. So if you come to me in a, in, in the club setting and you're like, Hey dude, check out this seventies lowrider that I built. I'd be like, yeah, it's not really seventies. <laughs> You know, and and I don't mean it to be mean and I don't mean it to be fucking like uh, uh, what is that like separatist or just, you know, any of that. I don't mean that, bro. But I'm, I have to speak truth. I have to speak the truth of it. You know what I mean? Yeah. But if you were to come at me in the podcast and be like, hey, check out, I'd be like, go for it, youngster. Keep doing what you love. Keep doing how you see low riding. 
That's weird, right? Not necessarily. Um, what you're, the way I'm hearing you talk about it is that th- that keeping it separate, right, is really the intersection of your identities, yeah. right? Yeah. Just which hat are yeah, you going to yeah. wear yeah. at a particular moment? The, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm cool with it. Yeah. You know, and I'm cool with it because I never want to, one thing I don't want to do is turn people away from this lifestyle, you know, because who, who am I? Who gave me that power? Who, you know, I'm nobody. I'm really, I'm really not, bro. I wish the podcast can go without me even having to say anything. You know, I listen at each episode. I listen to it maybe one time and only because I have to. If not, I, I can't stand, you know, to hear myself talk. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I'll listen to it if I have, if I love when it, when the episode needs no editing. Cause then I'm like, cool. I don't even have to listen to it. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Right. I could just throw it out there and not have to listen to it, bro. And, and and when you say like you're the first lowrider podcast, in some sense I take pride in it, and then in the other sense I'm like, but I want you guys to do it. I want you guys because I'm not I'm not in Brazil, I'm not in Japan, and I'm not up north. Um, but you guys are. So you guys go do your own. Go find those predecessors. Go find those elders. Go find those builders and talk to them and let them tell their story. My my purpose is only to be like, I want all you guys to start your own podcast or documentation and everything and say, you know, I might talk shit in the background, but yeah, whatever. Well, and, 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 and you're not alone. Yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. There's a lot of people that will. Yeah. Um, I think that it's going to grow. I mean, there will be more, you know, um, I think that, you know, as it becomes easier to to do podcasts yeah. that more and more people are yeah, going to do so. it. I hope so. And I just hope, my hope is that the people that do do it do right by it. Yeah, me too. You know? Me too. Um, and time will tell, mm-hmm. you know? But well, I think that that's the platform that, that multimedia, social media, podcasting allows you to do, bro. You can have a whole podcast and just be about hoppers and just be about back bumper, 12 batteries, fucking 18 inch cylinders and just... All we want to do is talk about pot, about that, or all we want to do is talk about LGBTQ lowriders. All we want to do is talk about art, art and lowriding, and that's cool, Photography man. Photography and Photography, low do yeah. your thing, man. You know what yeah. I mean? Do your thing, yeah. Yeah. Right on. Yeah, that's that's that would be nice to see that, bro. You know. So, Low Supreme. Your club has mm-hmm. a happening coming up. A, yeah, a, thank a, you. A lot of a Thanks, lot of, man. a lot of clubs have barbecues. Yeah, they have picnics. Mm-hmm. They have shows. Yeah, Los Supremes having happening, uh-huh. which is very distinct uh-huh. from the other flyers that I've seen. Yeah. So, ta- d- d- tell the listeners about it if you would. Yeah, I mean, you're you're you have a special invite. We hope to see you, and even if you if you you know you're still working on your rivy. Um, we hope to see you. We hope to see everybody, you know. Um, it's really like something that for us, it's not, I don't know, man. For us, it's not like a, a unique thing because we, we that's all we know, you know, lowrider happenings. You know what I mean? Some people would be like, oh, man, isn't that crazy that they, they labeled it that? For us, it's not because it's like we remember that. We know that our hats are off to those guys, you know. Yep. So, so for us, it's just like, uh, you know what? And, and it's crazy. For me, when I think about lowrider happenings, bro, I think about those 70s shows with the conga dudes out there and the acoustic guitar and the, you know what I mean? And the fucking uh, kickbacks in the park. My dad used to tell me about Lincoln Park and the free concerts there and like just the big party it was. And 
Santana playing for free in the park. And so obviously we can't recreate that because those days are gone. But if anything, if we can kind of give our ode and our and tip our hats to that, that's all we're going to do, bro. We understand we can't recreate that. But if we can just, you know, um, bring some education on what, what it was like, and yeah, then that's cool, man. And that's all it is, honestly, is a get-together, you know? I think happening was, for lowriding in those days, was just getting together. Yeah. You know? So, yeah. And, when, it, and when is it? And where is it? It's going to be at Lake Lake, which is in the city of Montebello. Uh, Lake Lake has a lot of history with low riding in East LA and Marano Beach. There's an area called Marano Beach, which is a real like historical significance there. Um, and it's right off of the, uh, the 60 freeway off of Rosemead um, uh, Boulevard and the 60 freeway. Um, and um, um, yeah, I mean, there's a, there's a big significance even for that. I think everything that, that the club does is always kind of like yeah and let's do it there because that's got historical value and let's fucking call it as happening and let's put like a little video that's super 70s out you know um yeah i we're, we're not from that era you know i'm not from that era you know my parents might have been but i'm not and so i'm only i'm inviting the guys that were from that era because i want them to be acknowledged but um but other than that it's just like uh you know it's just um a highlight for what they did and what what they stood for and chicanoismo and carnalismo and uh, yeah so it's september 24th and uh yeah i mean one way or another we're gonna make it happen bro you know i don't know if we get fucked with by the cops but i think even that <laughs> that's gonna be a 70s style experience you know but um it is what it is and we're gonna do it and no gimmicks no like no like um i don't know man no gimmicks to any of it it's just to get together right on mm -hmm. well raul thanks so much yeah. man continued success with the with with everything same man. to you with, with, same with, to you yeah with your interviews with the podcast with yeah. the club you know and uh you know uh i think that we're both stewards mm -hmm. of the culture and um and carry that torch with uh with a lot of love and a lot of tradition and uh and consciousness yeah so there you go i really appreciate what you're doing man yeah so. same here i admire your work i admire what you're doing and i see that you give back to the community and i think that's one of the biggest things that i can i can really um you know that i that i really cherish is the fact that you're like yeah well guess what we're going to put these conference together for this youth and we're going to put it together for college students and we're going to and we're going to open doors for our youth to get into college and to say guess what we're gonna give you a space so you can teach us you know and and last year being part of that conference my favorite part was really ha having the questions you know and i thought that was the coolest part like not the presenter not the you know not the organizers not the the facilitators but really that youth being like hey yeah i want to talk about my neighborhood and my and my experience with low riding that's that's old right on man cool brother thank you so much you. all right all right